Have you ever prayed for direction? Or better yet, have you ever prayed in a direction? I know some of us are directionally challenged, but many faithful Jews will pray toward Jerusalem. In fact, there's now an app for your phone called Prayway to make sure you know which way Jerusalem is. Open it up and it points the way to prayer, giving you a direction to find direction. In today's story from the ninth chapter of Luke, Jesus sets a new direction. He's been traveling all around the Galilee, preaching and teaching and healing, calling people to follow him, to follow the way. Jesus has heard a voice from heaven at his baptism saying, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Then Jesus goes to his hometown and is rejected there by friends and neighbors. Being rejected hurts, doesn't it? It had to be disappointing even for Jesus. So how does Jesus deal with rejection? Hear the good news of direction and rejection from the Gospel of Luke chapter 9, verses 51 to 42. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes of holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the good news according to the gospel of Luke. Let us pray. Gracious God, help us to set our faces to follow you this Lent. In your name we pray. Amen. Why is it that we remember our rejections for so long? I once auditioned for a traveling singing group at a college where I could get a full tuition scholarship if I got in. Their response, I mean, my rejection is still etched in my mind. Personal adaptation to organizational purposes might well be examined. That was over 40 years ago and I still remember. J.K. Rowling was rejected 12 times before someone took a chance on her, and still after becoming the highest grossing author in the UK, she still got rejected twice after submitting a manuscript under the pseudonym Robert Galbraith. Rejection literally means to throw back, and that's how it feels. It throws us back on our heels, and we have some thinking to do. Lent calls us to do some serious reflection on rejection. In Luke 9, Jesus went up to the Mount of Transfiguration and again the voice from heaven, like at his baptism, says, This is my child, this is my son, my chosen, listen to him. It reminds me of the parents praying over their youth at Discovery Weekend last week, placing their hands on their shoulders, reassuring their children, praying that they would have the strength to deal with the rejecting forces of this world. You are my beloved child, with you I am well pleased. You are a beloved child of God. When Jesus came back down the mountain, he set his face toward Jerusalem. 
And before he can even get started down that road, he is rejected. The pattern is clear in Luke. A voice of reassurance, reassurance and encouragement comes from heaven, and soon after that, a rejection. First in his hometown, and then in Samaria of all places. Now most faithful Jews traveling from Galilee would have given Samaria a wide berth on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. They would not have gone out of their way to go through Samaria, but more about that next week. Jesus sends messengers ahead of him to a Samaritan village, and before Jesus even gets there, they reject him. And we're told it's because he has his face set to Jerusalem. In the face of rejection, Jesus' disciples get indignant on his behalf. Echoing Elijah's prayer in 1 Kings 18, Jesus, do you want us to rain down fire on the people here? Please, we will burn them to a crisp. Now, wait just a minute. Earlier in the same chapter, Jesus had sent his 12 disciples out. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take only the very basics for the journey. And if people do not welcome you, leave their town and rain down fire from heaven. No, those were not his instructions. He said, shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. Look for people who are open to the good news. But James and John, they want revenge for being rejected. And that's often what we want when we feel rejected, to hit back, to hurt back when we are thrown back. Are there places in your world or in the world today that you wish God would just rain down fire? Being rejected can throw us for a loop. And like James and John, we think, can't we do something to hurt them back? Maybe tell the folks on TripAdvisor to avoid Samaria. Write a bad Yelp review about Samaria. Rain down fire. Poor Jesus must have just shaken his head at his disciples. How much longer, Lord? How much longer? As a young man, serial entrepreneur and author of The Power of Rejection, Jia Jiang was trying to deal with a series of rejections in his life. So he went to the source of all knowledge, Google. He searched, how do I overcome the fear of rejection? And Google delivered a bunch of psychological art articles about the fear and pain and where they come from. And then a bunch of rah-rah inspirational articles about don't take it personally, just overcome it. Now, that is one of my rules of thumb. Take criticism seriously, but don't take it personally. It's easy to say and harder to do. There's a truth in there that you need to learn, but the rejection might not be about you at all. After reading countless advice columns, Ja stumbled upon Jason Cumley's social self-help game, Rejection Therapy. The whole point of rejection therapy is to pick a card from the deck and do what it says to do and go out and get rejected over and over and over again. By going out to be rejected over and over again, they assert you can overcome your fear of rejection through a controlled, forced exposure. The more times you get rejected, the better your ability to psychologically and physically deal with the stresses of rejection. Rejection therapy suggests you should do this for a full 30 days. Get rejected by another person or group at least once every day for 30 days. Dr. Mark Leary at Duke explains, concern with rejection is perfectly normal, but being excessively worried about it to the point that we don't do the things that might benefit us can compromise our quality of life. Jesus knew he was going to face opposition and rejection. Isaiah 53.3 speaks of the suffering servant who was despised and rejected 
by others, a man of suffering acquainted with infirmity. Rejection actually fires up some of the same pain signals in the brain that get involved when you stub your toe or throw out your back. MRI scans comparing brain activity and people who've experienced rejection find the same neurons firing when you experience physical pain as when you experience rejection. Turns out you can treat rejection with Tylenol. Jai Jang went out to get rejected a hundred days in a row for 30 did not seem enough. His first attempt to be rejected was to borrow hundred dollars from a stranger. He asked the security guard in his building who said no and Jia Jang ran away embarrassed by the rejection. But then he got to thinking, self-examination, a good discipline every day, but especially during Lent. Why did I want run away? What was so bad about being rejected? He examined his own feelings and rather than calling down fire from heaven, he decided to try again the next day. He went to a local burger joint and after he finished his burger, he went up to the counter to ask for a burger refill. He argued with them. He said, you give out drink refills. How about refilling my burger? The cashier was confused, said he would have to ask a manager. His request for a burger refill was rejected. The third day, he went to the local Krispy Kreme in Austin, Texas, and asked for five donuts in the shape of the Olympic rings. He expected a quick rejection, but Jackie, the woman behind the counter, did not reject him. To his surprise, she said she thought that she could do it. If he gave her enough time, and here is a picture of the final product. On the third day, he failed at being rejected, but rejection therapy challenged him to keep trying People often surprised him by their goodness and willingness to play along. He went to Starbucks and asked to be their greeter for the morning. He told the manager, I know it's weird, but Walmart has greeters, so why not Starbucks? The manager decided to give it a shot and Jaw found out that people don't really like to be greeted before they get their coffee. He learned that if he was willing to risk rejection, he could fulfill many dreams. He'd always wanted to teach a class at the University of Texas, and it only took him three tries to get a professor who would allow him to lecture. He went to one person's house and asked, can I plant a flower in your backyard? And the guy immediately told him no. But learning from rejection after rejection, Ja wondered, could he turn a no into a yes by asking why? So he asked, can I know why? Well, the guy said, I have this dog that will dig up anything I plant, so your flower would not make it in my yard. Why don't you go across the street to Connie's house? She'd love for you to plant the flower in her yard. And it turned out Connie was so glad to see Ja and was glad to have the flower planted in her yard. Shake the dust off your feet and go to the next house, Jesus tells his disciples. Rejection is a part of life. It makes us self-examine, which is what the journey of Lent is all about. The journey toward Jerusalem is about where our lives are headed. So when you get thrown back, don't get thrown off. Jesus stayed the course despite rejection. He got thrown back time and time again, but was never thrown off course. He continued to let his purpose guide his steps and direction. Jesus knew what it meant to be rejected by his hometown, by a Samaritan town, and by individuals. As Jesus continued along the road toward Jerusalem, someone walked up and volunteered, I will follow you wherever you go, not knowing that Jesus was headed to Jerusalem in death. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
Following me may make you homeless. Following me will keep you on the move. As Presley Bowden said last week in her wonderful message, following Jesus is a faith on the move. If you've not had a chance, please go back and listen to our high school seniors, their sermons from last week at 11.15 a.m. On this trip to Jerusalem, though, Jesus saw someone else and recruited him by saying, follow me. The response was memorable. But first, let me go and bury my father. I have commitments that come before following God's call in my life. I have duties to perform. Then Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Ouch. That's pretty insensitive if his father has just died, right? But what if it was something that had not yet happened? He was putting off following Jesus for an indefinite period. Are there some things you've been putting off? Jerusalem may be closer than you think. The last would-be follower of Jesus said in this story, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go to say goodbye to my family. I'm sensing a pattern here. People are going through life, but first. But first, let me do this. But first, let me do that. I will get to you eventually, Jesus, but not now. It's not a rejection. It's a delay, right? Jesus' response to this rejection is to say, anyone who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Like Boston and Orpheus Brewing both say, don't look back. Don't look back. You are not headed that way anyway. Look forward to what might be ahead of you. Learning from the past is one thing. Living there is quite another. People who've faced rejection but have not been defined by that rejection are often the ones that change the world. I'm especially thankful for one doctor who fought back against rejection. He did not let rejection throw him off course. Years ago, Dr. Dennis Slayman was sitting in his lab at UCLA when he had an idea. He thought that perhaps one of the most aggressive forms of breast cancer, the kind marked by an overexpression of the gene HER2, could be treated with the plant-made antibody Herceptin. But the field was so used to other solutions like chemo that killed off both cancerous and healthy cells that he could not get approval and funding for his research. Rejection after rejection piled up. He had to fight to get the research funded because it was not the norm. The story of the brave women who volunteered to take part in the clinical trials is part of the Lifetime movie Living Proof with Harry Connick Jr. It's the story of a stubborn scientist who was sure he was onto something and he wouldn't stop until he had the funding and data to prove it. My wife and countless others are cancer-free today because of his persistence. After one more rejection, Dr. Slayman's research assistant said to him, I don't think I can do this anymore. Dr. Slayman looked and said, but we will. Just when you think you can't deal with one more rejection, Jesus stands beside us and says, but we will. What is holding you back this Lent from fully following Jesus? Are you looking over your shoulder, focusing on the past? Maybe this could be our Lenten practice, to follow in the footsteps of a rejected leader. Practice being rejected every day for the 40 days of Lent. Be rejected for things that really matter, though. On the bulletins at church today, everyone's receiving a post-it note arrow, and I'm asking everyone to place it somewhere in their life where they need direction so we together can face what matters and focus on what matters. But first, come to the table of love and acceptance. Hear the voice from heaven say to you, 
You are my beloved child. With you, I am well pleased. You are my child, my chosen one. Feel Jesus' hands on your shoulders and hear the words echo in your mind. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. So that you may have the strength to faith, face the rejection of each day, but not be defined by that rejection so that you too can shake the dust off your feet and move on, looking forward to what lies ahead and not looking back. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.